bitches bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin. And I'm Amy. And Erica's still sick. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler, we record these on the same day. <laughs> Insight to the magic. Um, this is our misogynist of the week pod where we're going to tell you who our favorite misogynist is this week. I don't, I never, I don't know how to say it. I, I just can't. It's the misogynist that we need you to know about so that you can go and hate them, hate them and <laughs> put them put them in line. Do some education, especially at this one. There's a, there's a yeah. lot of um, don't dox them, though. No, definitely. Mean. No. And don't send death threats. Don't be those dicks on the left who do the shitty things that the people on the right do. Yeah. Just be uh, be informed. Be. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of good uh, Internet activism that might be needed in 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 this case, in this week's case, certainly. Yes. So our misogynist of the week this week is those behind Comicsgate. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, this was something I didn't know existed. Uh, Comicsgate is the evolution of the Gamergate controversy, which targeted women participating in video game culture with abuse. Gamergate got really dark. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Comicsgate is about to get just as dark. So if you were going to participate in these discussions, maybe take better care of your privacy and who you engage with online because it, it could be quite serious. Um, so game, Comicsgate is an online harassment campaign and culture war that is underway against people pushing to diversify the comic book industry with trolls and their influential enablers targeting those calling for increased representation of women, different races, and the LGBTQ community. Comicsgate trolls use racist, sexist, and sometimes threatening language to intimidate people they call SJWs, or social justice warriors, which is essentially anyone they believe is advocating for diversity in the industry. Some of the messages are overt, while most are cloaked in innuendo, innuendo and make inside references to the comics world that outsiders would find confusing. Most of the trolls are anonymous, and they live on Twitter, sometimes using hashtag comicsgate, comicsgate in their bios, YouTube, private Discord channels, and message boards used by far-right supporters of Donald Trump. They swarm people who publicly support initiatives from large public publishers, such as Marvel and DC, to diversify. The trolls say diverse, diversity weakens the quality of comics. Victims of Comicsgate trolls told media that they've suffered months of sustained hatred and harassment in their mentions and attempts to hack their personal information. While it's difficult to pinpoint exactly when Comicsgate started, many in the industry point to the October 2016 cancellation of writer Chelsea Kane's Marvel comic Mockingbird, which is a series defined by unabashed feminism that attracted the attention of online trolls. While the trolls didn't play a role in the series cancellation, when they heard of the news, they were elated and hounded Kane off Twitter. Mockingbird's final issue was dragged on, a popular, on the popular message board Funny Junk. Quote, Maybe they'll begin to realize that feminists and SJWs still don't read comics, no matter how much they try to pander. A now suspended Twitter account tweeted, No one wants feminism preached at them. 
uh, for three ninety nine an issue. Sounds like a steal to me. <laughs> I mean, it's cheaper than our Patreon. <laughs> Kane told the media, quote, I'm not talking about constructive criticism. This is more along the lines of, women already have novels. You can't have comics, too. Mockingbird was too feminist. No one cares about a female hero. I don't buy comics written by women, Kane said was uh, common refrains. She continues, quote, when Marvel announced that the series had been canceled, I was tagged in a lot of celebratory tweets. My trolls had been vindicated. Mockingbird's final cover, which included the phrase, ask me about my feminist agenda on a t-shirt, has since become a comicscape meme and continues to be ridiculed. I want that t-shirt that says that. <laughs> I know, right? It's yeah, it's awesome. awesome. I think the that's cover so is badass. Really cool. It is really I saw that. That's so cool. Um, really shitty that it was canceled. This um folks should find this BuzzFeed article. It was a really um great deep dive into this community that maybe some of us aren't quite privy to. And if you are privy to it, I'm sure this may not be new to you, but um it's always good to kind of get a look at how people are inter- engaging um, in this, I guess, industry. Um, there's a lot of artists um, who work for big studios like Marvel who have a celebrity re- like right-wing following um, or who've gained uh, that sort of a status for um, their views, which have... Um, you know, not just uh, not just sexist uh, elements to them, but also very quite racist, quite white supremacist uh, motivated, um, and they're against all all manner of of um, diversification uh, of in characters and representations in in comics. And these are the artists who are behind some of uh, some of uh, the more well known comics that are coming out um, yeah. now. So that's like really troubling to know. Um, and in fact, they actually refer to themselves from a like victim standpoint that, you know, they, that social justice wars are coming for them, calling them Nazis and don't really know what they stand for. And that, um, you know, actually what they're, you know, that they're, um, you know, get, getting shortchanged on, on what their views actually are. And, and, but then you, you read more about what they've said and done and that's very much not the case. In fact, they're publicly out there. Um, sort of inc- inc- inciting hatred and and trying to keep people out of uh, keeping people out of the industry. Yeah, this is. Uh, I don't even know where to start. Like the fact that uh, it weakens the quality of comics. Like we hear that all the time about movies. Yeah, we hear it about so many different things that like, oh, Asians don't want an a, a movie just about Asians. Uh, that's not going to make money. A black comic book movie is not going to make money. No one wants to see uh, a Star Wars universe that has, you know, a woman heroine. Like, we're continually proving those opinions wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're bad opinions to begin with, mm-hmm. but we're continually proving them wrong. Mm-hmm. And to say things like, oh, well, you have... You have novels. Yeah. Leave us the comic books. Which also, like, men read novels, relax. Second of all. Yeah, like, men. what is your argument there? Like, also, one, yeah, men read novels, but also, like, 
novel like yeah no okay there's also a lot of sexist novelists the publishing industry is sexist towards women so so much to the point that there are still authors who use masculine or gender neutral pen names to get yeah. published and read like it's not <laughs> anyway like so go fuck yourselves for your ignorance but also there are, i mean like I know so many rad feminists who are comic writers and comic aficionados like I just don't believe that there isn't a readership for it I believe that there may be poor marketing I believe that there may not be an understanding of how to access the right markets um, for feminist um, comics and I think there are also alternative comic studios that do publish really cool shit um, I know because I bought some of like those more <laughs> interesting like comics are not Marvel right so like they're are spaces where, um, you know, comics, um, like do speak to those communities and it just may not be with the big studios don't have those audiences. The one thing I think that really kind of confused me about mocking bird in general was that, yeah, it was very clearly feminist only having seen, I guess the final cover with (laughs) character wearing that ask you about my feminist agenda shirt. But, uh, for feminist comic, the, the, main character still is pretty sexualized. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe maybe that doesn't resonate with women. Like, it's not going to entice me to pick up a comic book. But, yeah, it's possible. I mean, it's possible. But then... Uh, but also, I guess part of it is also, like, as someone who doesn't read comic books or graphic novels, whatever the fuck you want to call them, mm-hmm. I don't like going into a comic book store. Mm-hmm. I feel very overwhelmed. It's not a welcoming place for me to go because it's a lot of like, why is she here? Yeah, and getting a sense of being judged for your taste and not knowing enough. And you can't like, you have to come in sort of already knowing what you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then people just kind of stare at you like, like you're you're intruding upon Mm -hmm. something that is secret for them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's fair. Yeah, people are very guarded about those kinds of uh, more niche interests. And it's the same with, and, and like, and you see it in other communities. You see it with sci-fi. You see it, like, I, again, I mean, obviously the gaming community had a similar response um, that, you know, you you have to come at a, like, come into a space at a certain level. Mm-hmm. And historically that's been like a gender like you know gendered signifiers of like whether or not you know enough or like competent enough to be here and and playing on playing in this field or you know whatever all those sorts of biases um yeah it's really frustrating i mean it's and it's interesting too like i think it's may i mean whether or not the sales question whether or not marvel has made less from uh, diverse, like, and and part of it is not just comics like Mockingbird, but there are comics where they've rewritten characters who used to be white mm-hmm. into racialized or um, uh, like uh, or women um, playing, you know, or uh, uh, yeah, character that was otherwise a man historically in the older versions of the comics, um, and people being really upset about that. And, and like as you said, we see that in film as well, um, and those trends are changing. And I think. Um, I like I had been very hopeful that Black Panther and Thor um Reagan Rook would like change that culture across film, TV and other things. I don't know if that's true because film has a way of reaching people that maybe comics don't because as you say like access and whatever else is different. So if it's a new market that may not be getting mm-hmm. to 
people who need it or may want may want it but have always felt like outsiders and not welcomed um but if if marvel wants to sell those comics they just need a i think they just need a better selling strategy because clearly there are people interested in consuming those stories and we know that from the films to some degree um there's an interest so how do you capture how do you capture that interest and is it is it because com like there aren't comic readers or there aren't or you just haven't found the audience I would say it's a perspective of comics being more lowbrow than going to a movie. Mm. So it's kind of classic. Possibly. Classes? Yeah, possibly classes. I think it's I think it's also um yeah, um yeah, and there's a there's a cultural thing like I think people just, like do associate comics with men white men, nerdy people, people who may not participate in the mainstream, like they're not seen as cool or capturing. And then also yeah. I'm sure there are some people who are like, yeah, historically in co it's like some comics have been really problematic, so I'm going to dissociate from them. Um, but it, I mean, again, you there's still some great examples of that changing. I think like, I mean, one, like stories like Luke Cage, which was in, like an, uh -huh. an original Marvel that's now been like, done in a really interesting contemporary way on Netflix definitely has an audience definitely is telling a political like giving a political political perspective and an interesting perspective on race um, as well as so many other issues that, that come through in that I think I only watched the first episode keep going it's super cool by the end I don't of, like, even think I finished itself. it it's 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 tough because the like to get into the the world because it takes a lot of world building to like get up to speed a little bit. Um, I loved Luke Cage. I thought it was really I well liked, shot and cool. And I liked Luke Cage in Jessica Jones. Cause oh yeah, he was great. That's yeah. all I wanted. Yeah, him. that's fair. That's fair. Also, doesn't watching Jessica Jones like a little bit make you want to read a comic? Like, does that like pique your interest a bit in being like, what, what, what's behind this? Maybe I could get into this meet this no. form. No way. Not okay. at all. All right. Um, I. Am ambivalent on Jessica Jones. Mm. Um, it was fine. I thought the denouement was very, very fast. Mm. I don't know that I agree with how that all went down. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't watched the second season. I really enjoyed either. the dynamics in the first. Um, had some. It was very yeah. It was. I think it had some good suspenseful. I like the slow burn and I like the suspenseful elements and I like. You're right, it got a little the end, but man, I loved watching David Tennant. He was awesome. He is very Best excellent. villain. Great yes. villain. Yes. Um, yeah, I was very upset that it wrapped up as quickly as it did. People yeah. are going to comment that I mentioned liking the white male character the most of uh, Jessica Jones, but he just made a great villain. He was a great villain. And they played off each other really well, and you really felt were, the yeah. tension there. Yes, yeah. I absolutely. Yeah. I feel the same way about the guy... Who plays Moriarty in Sherlock? Oh yeah, he's terrifying to me. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. That, that's important. That's how you get the buy-in for like the, yeah, the drama that's <laughs> supposedly unfolding. Yeah. Um, um you yeah. should watch Luke Cage just for Marshala Ali because he does a great villain. <laughs> Listen, as someone who has watched every episode of Orange Is the New Black until the most recent season, probably not gonna happen. Okay. I like. I'm just not compelled to continue watching these shows that are just like, eh. all right. Yeah, <laughs> that's um, fair. But I that's will fair. watch a million episodes of Trashy Riverdale. Mm-hmm. You know what? 
Okay. It's fine. Okay. Um, you read your novels, I'll read the comics. <laughs> it's fine. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do worry that um, Comicsgate is going to get as out of hand as Gamergate did. Yeah, reading about this was super unsettling. And um, I, it has a very foreboding feel to it. And I kept thinking, cool, like how how are we going to promote this episode and let people know that we talked about this without like doxing ourselves? Cause like, I guess we'd have to just not use the hashtag. Yeah. I don't know. Because, I don't know what like, the answer to that is. Cause then right? you also want to reach, you want to reach people, people, but you also don't want to have. Yeah. yeah no, there's a real risk. Yeah. It's too bad that Twitter won't protect people. Well, <laughs> exactly. And like, there, I think, yeah, it was somewhere in this story. Someone was like, oh, talking about like, oh, like the violation of terms and services. And they're like, oh, like, well, if there's a clear violation, that's the thing. That's how they get you. The clear violation. Yeah. Yeah. Because when it's no, ambiguous. They have a lot of discretion um, and not a lot of uh, will to uh, take take a stand. Yeah. Have not cle- have clearly not learned from history, but that's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I think you're right. People do have to be exercise some caution, um, and you know, not engage if you feel unsafe and don't feel obligated to engage. And and you know, there's a lot of this idea that if you have this view, then you should be ready to debate. And if you don't want to debate, then you clearly have the weaker position um, or you can't back up your views. And of course, you know, people on the right love to say that they're just there to discuss something. Then they're inviting you to come participate in a discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, when you know that that's not what it is, they're clearly waiting to to bait you. And then at the moment's notice, we'll say quite offensive things or, or whatever else um, or... Um, we'll share your information. Like, you know, like we know that it escalates in that way and, and poses a real risk. But um, a lot of people do seem to do internalize this idea that, you know, well, I guess if I really believe these things, I should be ready to debate people. And I've been trying to do a little bit more of that debating people because I do the opposite thing on instinct. It's to mm. just not engage and just kind of put my things out there and be like, okay, well, I did my piece. Um, so I've been trying to like actually get into discussions with some folks, so at least around the Me Too movement stuff and sexual harassment discussions and like to counter people's um, like misconceptions. Um, and I've had some good experiences with people saying like, um, especially around the time of the Patrick Brown allegations, like people coming around and understanding or position or like starting to get a little bit more of the nuance. And then of course there are people who say like the most vile things to you. Mm -hmm. Um, and either you, you know, you can, you have a lot of options. You can like, if you're very much affected and you know, you can't be around that stuff, then don't, don't engage in it because it will happen. And it's like, you don't know who's going to turn and what their mood is and what's going to, so like you don't hesitate to protect yourself, but you do have a right to block people and delete people and, uh, you know, whatever else that you need to do. Um, it's not a sign of weakness at all to resort to those things. It's not a badge of honor to say you never block anyone. Yeah. <laughs> That's like a badge of privilege <laughs> that you never feel that you have to block someone, um, that you're so secure and safe and you don't understand, uh, you know, you don't feel vulnerable ever. <laughs> but, 
<laughs> it's it's misogynist of the week. It's not like feminist of the week. Although I know, that but like Tucker Carlson was fun. Yeah, well, I told you, you love to hate him. See, now you get. <laughs> God damn it! I know, I know, um, but it's it's important. It's important that people like know that this is out there, and it. I'm I'm sure but that, also there, that there are feminist comics. I was gonna say that there, yeah, and we should back those people up. And like, even if you're not a comic fan, that you know there are you know friends and out there who who may be and may need some backup at this time, and like are having you know a crisis in a different kind of community that we may not be privy young to. Women to them, girls. Yeah. Give them some. Yeah, to these bit. comics. Yeah, I mean, get, I yeah, I've, I've gifted comics before, like some cool feminist comics, and yeah. It's a lot of cool stuff out there. Yeah, and if you have uh, want to nominate a misogynist of the week that is not a real person, please don't do that. <laughs> like not like a real per. It could be a real person, but like, I mean, like, like, a, like someone like a, you know like not, personally, like someone who's not like a public figure. Yeah, yeah. or like in the news. Yeah. Um, then do that. <laughs> That's cool. We always like hearing about misogynists of the week. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes we're like, I don't know. There's just so many. Yeah, that's it. Um, but also, if you have questions about how to deal with misogynists at work or wherever, hit us up. We have a feminist advice column on our website, badandbitchy.com. Uh, don't forget to become a patron. Patreon.com slash badandbitchy. And as always, thank you to Media Style for letting us use their space. They are a progressive public affairs agency located in Ottawa, a social enterprise making Canada a better place. You can find us on Twitter at Bad and Bitchy, on Instagram at Bad and Bitchy Pod, on Facebook.com slash Bad and Podcast, and email us badandbpod at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.